This is Deserter, the podcast that now costs a pound. Yes, thanks to the arrival of our new commercial manager, Pompey Dunk, each listen will now cost you a pound. But don't worry, you don't have to do a thing. That's right. Pompey has created a... What did he call it? A fintech bank to podcast middle end. That's it, yeah. It's a piece of code that talks directly between your podcast app and your bank to sort out the necessary payment. Very clever. So you can just sit back and enjoy the show, safe in the knowledge that your account is being hacked. Not hacked. Not hacked. No, accessed, I think. Accessed, the word, isn't it? Accessed it. by Pompey Dunk. That's mm. completely different. Yes. Uh, what it does mean is that if you listen to it multiple times or on different desi- devices, uh, you will, of course, be charged multiple times. Um, oh, yeah. So our top listener last week, for example, uh, my mother, who listened 57 times, uh, I must call her more often, um, will now be charged countless pounds. Well, not countless, 57. 50, yes, sorry, mother. On the show today, France and Newcross, Tenerife from Broccoli. A moment of silence and a terrible racket from the corporate deserter. All the news is important and plenty that isn't, along with a lecture on health in deserter school. Plus book corner, social media and an update from that man, Pompey Dunk. Deadly's at the helm. Uh, Akane's joined us for the show. She's a podcast winner. That's (laughs) (laughs) Not sure she's uh, feeling like she's won at the moment, but there you go. Um, Is there anything from Spider? No, not really. Oh. Uh, not much, anyway. I had an email, something about making a Monty video. Oh, but, a Monty uh, But nothing, video. nothing from Uruguay, no. No. <laughs> That's, that joke is very abstruse. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> Even the producers don't get it. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, don't explain it. I won't. If you explain it, it's not funny. <laughs> uh, what the fuck have you been up to? Well, uh, I've been on holiday Again. I, I won a holiday, so, you know, it didn't even cost me nothing. That's right. I remember you saying you'd won a holiday to Oddbins. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. A weekend in an off-licence. Yes. A w- wine shop, sorry. I thought that, not, not a lot for the kids, maybe not, a bag no. of crisps. Yes, yeah. No, I won a holiday in Oddbins, not Yeah, not, a holiday not in Oddbins, two, two. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a week in Oddbins? Yeah, uh, a week in Normandy. Bloody with hell. With the fams. Lovely little... Uh, Hotel overlooking the river with a pool and a bar. Yeah. Yeah, very nice, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about how this clearly fixed arrangement came <laughs> to uh, pass. Well, you probably heard that phrase, you know, you need to buy a, a raffle ticket to win the win the prize, don't you? And, yeah. uh, and I bought lots of raffle tickets. It's, oh. you know, so it just goes Not literally. To, no, I went in and uh, bought wine on a daily basis, sometimes <laughs> twice a day. And uh, they'd always say, don't forget to stick your receipt number into our website and uh, you might you might win a holiday i thought it's highly unlikely but one afternoon i did clearly trying to avoid doing something else Mm. and then i I got a call from uh, a lovely foreign lady who said um you shop at oddbins i said yes i will thank you very much (laughs) because you're very susceptible to advertising i am i am yeah i do what i'm told yeah um she said no no you 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 uh, you shop at oddbins um and you've won a prize you've won a holiday so a week in this lovely place. Unbelievable. For, for nothing. Do you think you were the only one in, you know? Well, it wasn't the first, first prize. Right. I doubt it. I doubt it. Oh, right. you know, I wasn't, no, there was a holiday to Bali for some people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm glad the, the uh, job search is going so well. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's going terribly. I've picked up some work. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about no, it. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went away again uh, as well, actually, convalescing in ten- Tenerife. Again, oh, yes. But not me this time. Right, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, someone else. I'm very selfless like that. I'll mm. uh, join people to assist them in their convalescence. <laughs> um, but I love, I love, lovely to get some sun on your bones again. It was uh, still chilly at that point, and um, just a nice part that I hadn't been to before in the south. Uh, There's a lovely marina at Amarillo, and um, one day I was down there well we were at at this beer shack on the side of the marina nice and as we're sitting there a uh, submarine surfaced (laughs) (laughs) and uh, a man opened the hatch and said to me i was just you know we were just sitting there on our own there's no one else around Uh, a man opened the hatch and said uh is dein name leopold and uh said uh pardon is it is your name leopold i said no he said are you sure (laughs) <laughs> I said, yeah. yes perfectly sure tell him he is late he said 
<laughs> okay. And uh, he got back in the submarine and submerged. <laughs> Never saw him again. Marvelous. Was it, was it a kind of two-man submarine? No, it's, it was quite sizable. Was it? Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of men on there, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's just a very surreal moment. But um, I say a lovely time in Tenerife generally. And uh, my lovely hosts on our first day at lunch... Uh, said, let's get a second bottle of wine because Tuesday's the new Friday. I was like, okay, Tuesday's Friday now, isn't it? Um, uh, And it got me thinking about uh, days of drinking because in Tenerife, every day feels like a Friday. Everyone's just about to get on it. They've all had a big lunch and they're building up for the big night every day. Wow. Mm. And sure enough, I, I mentioned this to my hosts and they said they'd seen a lot of expat issues uh, with mm. drinking mm. in Tenerife. The people who come out to retire, they don't have anything in particular to do. Yeah. So their hours and days and weeks are filled with drinking from you know when they get up to when they go to bed. And mm. uh, If Weatherspoons was an island. <laughs> yes, it's a bit like that. <laughs> uh, basically, they're, they're, they're sort of, their internal drinkers' calendars have been shot to bits. You know, every day mm. was like Friday. For them, and, and they'd be, become very ill very quickly and either die or have to go back to the UK and knacker up our NHS. Um, and it got me thinking about the sort of the drinker's internal calendar. And I wrote a piece about it for the, uh, for the website about, yes. you know, the rhythm of the week, you know, mm. how it changes through time with children and age and mm. societal, societal obligations like work, etc. Um, perhaps you can't do it uh, as much as you'd like, uh, which may be a good thing. Mm. I don't know. I mean, personally speaking, I, uh, uh, yeah, I like a big weekend, but come Monday, I'm ready for a couple of days off. <laughs> right, yeah. Just yeah. so I can in, in, you know, perk up again to enjoy yeah. it later in the week. Yeah, yeah. well, you're nearly 40 now, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, <laughs> do you have any particular favourite days or day, days you... I do uh, like to give my liver a Monday off, if possible. Mm. I mean, it's done me a good service. It's it, like a little it's, reward it's, for it. It's earned a little rest, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, as it happens, we've got a health lecture in dessert school later on haven't we well, so, it's a very healthy episode well we're it? very healthy people mm. very healthy people are we yeah. <laughs> as long as we keep our clothes on we look great top up <laughs> yeah go on <laughs> um, talking of being healthy we had mm. a lovely healthy day watching the uh, one of the Cheltenham races didn't we Cheltenham oh god race we did yes now, yes, I saw this, uh, you, you said we should talk about the Cheltenham Day, and I'd, I'd forgotten about a lot of it. I had to look up on uh, WhatsApp to see what I'd done that day to some <laughs> some extent. But I saw it referred to as 11 Pint Thursday. Uh-oh. Which, uh, That yeah. suggests someone had totted up the amount of pints we'd had yeah. during the course of the day. Obviously it wasn't us, yeah. 11 pints. 11 pints, yeah. Yeah. I don't even drink on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> well, you felt fine on it because apparently on the next day the, the message said uh, head into the Blythefield Tavern. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Feeling yeah. Fine. Went down for the Gold Cup. Yeah, yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah, uh, tremendous day. It was a tour mm. around Newcross, wasn't it? Which um, latterly developed into uh, Deptford and then Greenwich and then who knows where. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite bits was when the Dodger. Um, Got a new job. Oh, yes. <laughs> you remember, we were walking do. down Deptford High Street and um, he was lagging behind a bit. And I, I heard a woman say, to him, can you help me put these out? And he said, what do you want to put out? She was w- working in some sort of um, haberdashery. <laughs> and uh, he said, what do you want to put out? She said, all this lot. <laughs> <laughs> Did so she mistake him for something? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's just that sort of person, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so he started lo- lugging all these models and tables around. And I went, I went back after a couple of minutes and said, are you, are you all right, Dodger? He said, I've accidentally started a job here. <laughs> Go on without me. <laughs> See you in half an hour. Um, what else? We went, we did a, a live appearance, didn't we, in Broccoli at Water into Beer? Yes. That, or, yes, Broccoli, or is it Telegraph Hill? Uh-huh, clever. Well, you're the expert. Yes, I, I, yes, I am now. Yes, because we were we were challenged to do a, a drinking guide to Telegraph Hill uh, by Tim at Water into Beer uh, because we had neglected to put it in our index in our book, uh, and he said we could redeem ourselves by doing a little talk, uh, having done, uh, having been to all the pubs in Telegraph Hill, the Telegraph Hill Ward, that is the electoral mm. ward. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, doing a, a talk to a lovely, a lovely little crowd in uh, an intimate venue. Mm. Uh, Tim and Helen were great 
hosts. Yeah, that was wonderful. What a great place to do a live gig in a bottle shop bar. Yeah, really. Had some lovely uh, beers as well. Yeah, um, and that was a, obviously a tour of the Telegraph Hill pubs, including yes. the Earl of Derby, which bills itself as Peckham's best pub. Pe- Pe- yeah, Peckham's <laughs> best local on its on its website. For some reason, no one knew Peckham. Um, and it included the White Hart, which, um, which, uh, as I said at the time, is a, a lovely spot to uh, drink in traffic, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, lovely, yeah. Uh, and it also, More on that later, actually. It, it also has um, a uh, craft beer vending machine, mm. possibly mm. the best vending machine in the world. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great when you can no longer talk, <laughs> but you can press buttons. And, yeah, we, we met some people from... Uh, uh, Amsterdam, a couple who, who took uh, a few books. Uh, yes, to so we're send. selling our book, and they were flying out, weren't they? Some of them. There were, yes, and then some were going to California. It's nice to see our book travelling, even if, even if we're not. Uh, we've also got some other shows coming up, which we might as well mention now while we're on it. One is Dylan Day at the Half Moon in Herne Hill. Yeah. On May the fourteenth to celebrate um, Dylan Thomas. Yeah. Uh, he used to drink there. Yeah, course. he used to drink there. That's right. Uh, As regular listeners will know, it's uh, uh, an open mic poetry night. What? Two of your favourite things. Yeah, I'm not, I, can't, what, I can't make it. What day is it? <laughs> and uh, we've been booked to do a piece uh, or read a, uh, a new commission about um, Dylan Thomas's drinking haunts, uh, which I, I very much look forward to reading, Vinny. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I've got to read. Yeah, it's your turn now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then in June, we're doing the Ballam Literary Festival. Um, mm. I haven't got a date for that yet, but um, I know we're opening it on the Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's a rock and roll slot, rock and roll slot. Uh, we'll be there with a bottle of sherry. See you there. And now, a moment of silence. Ah. Oh. A period of reflection for people who are at work, even remembrance, you might say, mm-hmm. um, and a chance to uh, kick back and think about. Just get on. Yes, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what do you have for us today, uh, Deadly? Well, with spring in the air, I couldn't think of anywhere better to go than this. The pub. We're going down on the farm. Oh, oh, I love farm. Ooh, ooh, ah. <laughs> A moment of silence. I like this. I can just picture us leaning on a five-bar gate. Chewing straw. Mm. I worked on a farm once when I lived in Suffolk. Really? What did you do? What were you? Cock handler? Actually, that's dangerously close to the truth. Um, hotbeds of perversion farms. No, I had to uh, stand in the sugar beet waving a flag to uh, keep the birds off. You were a scarecrow. <laughs> you were a scarecrow. You, you may mock, but uh, actually I was awarded a Nobel Prize for my work. What? <laughs> right, what for? I was outstanding in my field. Oh. Come on, baby. Come on. Let me groan on behalf of all our listeners. <laughs> Hang on. What's that? Oh. Watch out. We're having too much fun. Oh, no. I am the corporate deserter. I earn a six-figure salary. And I do fuck all. Hello again. Every once in a while, randomly and without explanation, withdraw your labour. This keeps those you work with on their toes and reminds them how lucky they are to have you. What? Is that it? Looks like it. How much do we pay him again? Uh, nothing. Right. Even that sounds a bit too much, to be honest. Mm. Well, in that case, a little earlier than expected... The news. 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 Well, pub and beer news. The White Hart in New Cross that we discussed earlier is under threat. Yes, it is. They want to. Their landlord wants to put 
Flats upstairs. Flats upstairs. I mean, it's always been a hotel, mm. and now they Airbnb it. Mm. But, yeah, putting flats upstairs uh, above a pub that is open till one thirty in the morning is going to be a disaster. Yeah, exactly. We've seen it so many times before, haven't we? And yeah. uh, I think it's fair to say we're against it. We are. Yeah. It's, it's not a great spot for flats right on... New Cross Road, is it? Mm. No, it's a great spot for drinking in traffic. Yes. We, we've said time and time again. Yes. Um, well, there's a, um, what do you call it, to sign petition. Petition, yes, we'll, which we will um, put on our site Yeah. Um, when It'll, we put up the podcast. Yeah, when we put up uh, what's in the podcast, we'll put a link to the, um, the link to the petition on, the, on our website. Yes. Um, Norman's Coach and Horses in Soho, yeah. uh, similarly under threat of something or other, I yes. think a refurbishment. Yes, uh, which we're also against. Yes, we are also against that. Um, I think to raise their profile while they, well, we, during this struggle, they've decided to put on uh, the play Geoffrey Bernard is Unwell in the pub. Fantastic. <laughs> that yeah. will be such a treat. Yeah, I think that's in May and June. Uh, tickets are selling very quickly. There were 70% sold out uh, last time I looked, a couple right. of days back. Yeah. And um, But the, the bar is the stage, oh, and uh, the audience sort of sits around the bar. It sounds, sounds amazing. Yeah. That'll be really special. So, yes, you, you've got to hurry to get your tickets, but can you wait until I've got one? <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's Norman's Coach and Horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, we'll put a link up for that. Yeah. Um, did you see that Sam Smith's, this is the pub chain uh, that recently banned swearing, mm. um, has now banned mobile phones. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they are funny buggers, aren't they, um, Sam Smith's? I mean, the beautiful pubs, as yeah. we've mentioned before, Crap booze. Yeah. You can't even now, now you can't even say, this beer's shit. No. You're barred. Good. Yeah. Wankers. Yeah. yeah, it's very odd doing the, the mobile phone thing. I mean, uh, I mean, if you're on your own, especially, you might be reading the newspaper. You what? might Everyone... be reading Dickens, for God's sake. Yes, exactly. It's, it's just assumes. <laughs> it's like so out of date. It assumes it's the 80s and everyone's on the phone trying to close a deal or something. Now, that I agree with. But if you're sitting there reading, which most people are on their phones these mm. days, what, would they say you can't read a book? Exactly. For example, mm. you know. Yeah, the risk of being barred, I, I call them a lot of wankers. Wankers. Are they going to confiscate them when you go in? Well, who knows? No, they'll just bar you. Someone might phone up and say, I can't make it. You know, I'm just stuck in the... Well, yeah. This well, is they'd happens. say, fuck them. Oh, yeah. They might say, I'm in another pub, come here instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah exactly. It, it's just this very strange, outdated thing. I know I know. it's sort of very similar to the micropub ethos, actually, isn't it? They, they, yeah. A lot of those don't like... Uh, mobile phones, but I think that's more speaking on them yeah. in an intimate environment. You know, there's, there's seating for seven, and two people <laughs> are on the phone to someone. That's yeah. not that's not going to work. I no. appreciate that. Yeah, but uh, if you're sitting there, as you say, reading Dickens, yeah, or in your case, I do remember the first. You know, we went to the first microbub, didn't we? And you, you were trying to put a bet on, mm. and uh, one of the regulars said, "Bring me my hammer." <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have a hammer though, did he? Twat. No. Friendly um, place. <laughs> uh, another pub news. Yeah, um, please. It sounds like Plumstead is going to get its first micropub. Uh, or it might just be a beer shop, we're not entirely sure, but the uh, planning application is going through on Plumstead Common Road, mm. um, and uh, it, it has room for 15 people to sit, which is nice. Not, yeah, perfect. I like I like the way South London ten, South London bottle shops tend to be sit in. Mm. Uh, they usually have a row of stools and a, and a bench, maybe a table outside. That's right. Whereas is is Nor- that not the case? In no, the- in North London, they tend to be just bottle shops. Those are the ones I've been to. Oh, it's just and, like a shop. Uh, yeah, you go in, you open it, and they say, "What are you doing?" I say, "Well, I'm going to drink my beer that I've just bought." Well, no, you can't do that because of license restrictions. Another reason to stay south Absolutely. or get rid of the bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Rose and Crown in Borough uh, yeah. has uh, on Union Street yes. uh, has been taken over by um, a pub group called Pub Love, uh, mm. and uh, I'd say from what I've seen, they're they're a good pub group. You know, mm. they're small, and their pubs have been you know have been 
great beer and uh, great food. Um, but I think the the uh, manager of uh, the Rose and Crown is going to be the mistress. The mistress? Who, our mistress. Our mistress, who is, of course, um, a friend of Deserter. Yeah. And Very people so. in Borough will remember her from uh, her days as his assistant during the golden days of the Wheat Sheaf. Halcyon days, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah we... we it's not a great pub at the moment, the Rose and Crown, um, but mm. it's in a great location. Mm. And we did used to pop there when the Wheat Sheaf closed and we were wandering around like the lost tribes of Israel trying to find a new <laughs> pub. Yeah. Um, and a mate was working in, behind the bar. Do you remember there was that night when we uh, we were having a, a couple of pints there and we went outside to have a joint? Mm. And uh, one of our acquaintances stopped by and smelt what we were smoking and was like... Uh, if you give me a joint, I'll give you all a line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very old-fashioned barter, you know. It's just yeah, like the market beautiful. of old. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what happened to him. Probably inside, I imagine. But... Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> he was uh, he was quite a volatile character. He was a volatile character, but he was yeah. always he was always yeah. good to us. And uh, we used to play football with him. That's we? right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. mentioning his name deliberately. I should have made one up for him, perhaps. Um, <laughs> well, if you mentioned his name, he'd come and kill us. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was quite handy on the on the pitch. He was tidy. Yeah, yeah, good footwork. Yeah, but I remember him coming off the pitch and saying, "Anyone fancy a toot?" You know, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Joking. Yeah, um, and I um, I remember playing with him, and uh, once somebody appealed against him mm. for a handball, mm. he said, fuck off, handball. <laughs> and that <laughs> and was the end of that, basically. That was the end of that. That, yeah. that ended the issue. And uh, and that has become a phrase that we use at home, if, you know, to, to register strong disapproval. You know, should, um, should Lady South <coughs> say, would you like more salad, dear? I'd say, fuck off, handball. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yes. It's nice that she still tries to get you to eat salad. <laughs> she does use the phrase herself quite frequently as yeah, well. Yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, staying on pub news, which is good news. Um, did you see that UK pubs are to get funding to run post office and library services? Wow, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, the UK government announced that 76 pubs across England are to receive a share of £188,000 in funding through Pub is the Hub initiative. Right. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it keeps the pubs open, then, uh, presumably it will help do that. Uh, yes. Yeah, places that don't have... It makes them sort of feel perhaps a bit more like Irish pubs where they're a little mm. bit of everything. You can go and buy your socks and your groceries and a stamp and uh, yeah. you know, get a postal order. And have a pint. And have a pint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I quite like the idea. You I mean, can get your pension and then spend it all in the bar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the idea of uh, booze in places like the post office and the library is a very positive one. Now, that's a, that's a better idea than, I think than you, having stamp, selling stamps in the pub. I think it is, personally, because I, uh, I've got a hunch that this is just a way to close libraries and post offices yeah. through the back door. Right. I'd well, rather doing it through the front they, door they, right now. So. I, I'd rather they just took a load of casks into the library. Yeah. And so you could pour yourself a pint while browsing. Mm. In silence. Yeah. Fund the libraries. <laughs> <laughs> Have a pint of bitter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it could, could, it's, it's interesting news. We're, we'll reserve judgment on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I know uh, in the pub I've often uh, employed people. I've got found my accountant and my lawyer and my plumber there. Yeah, that uh, and hasn't always that, gone terribly that, that well. Has for always you. been disastrous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the pub is the hub. Pub is the hub. Pub is the hub. I mean, personally speaking, I think probably keep the pubs and fund the libraries. Yeah, that would be better. Um, now there are this. This is very disturbing news. Yeah, um, there are Should now more churches in the UK than pubs. Oh God, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, right, Ian yeah. visits reported from from the National Church Trust. Yeah, uh, thirty nine thousand thirty nine thousand pubs mm -hmm. in the UK. Yeah, um, which is eleven thousand fewer than ten years ago. Bloody hell! That's a quarter. Mm. Uh, and by comparison. 
40,000 church buildings in the UK. Making me thirsty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the Church of England is cock-a-hoop about this, is that right? They, they see it as a sort of... Uh, yeah, it's a victory for the Lord, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what... Yeah. But more people Maybe visit the pub, obviously. I mean, the churches are largely empty. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to the previous item, doesn't it? Maybe, um, you know, I'm all for churches, but maybe oh, yeah. make some <laughs> booze available in the church. Yeah, I mean, they've uh, got wine, haven't the they? The pub it's is the hub. Good, but You know, let's go to the pub to sort of uh, praise the Lord. Yeah, and have a pint. Yeah. Casks in the, in the, in the church, why not? Yeah. So... Yeah, keep the churches by all means, but yeah. turn them into pubs, libraries, post offices, etc. Yeah, it's all cobblers. becoming one, isn't it? <laughs> and and cobblers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, they're both places of worship, aren't they? Pubs and and and, uh, and uh, churches, churches, in yeah. a way. Um, Which brings us on to the tragic news of, yes. of one one particular. Uh, well, you might call it a cathedral, I suppose, rather than a yes, church. A uh, temple. A temple. One of our greatest temples awful, suffered terrible damage. Awful news, tragic damage. Um, what sort of a god would let that happen? I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Um, not Notre Dame, we're talking about the capital in Forest Hill. Yes. Uh, which had to close a couple of days last week um, when the balcony started moving. Oh. Yeah. Uh, cracks appeared. And um, there was a rush at the bar before they closed it. Right. <laughs> uh, Falsey reported that uh, they were still serving, uh, you know, just as they were uh, evacuating. You yeah, might as have, well. If you... Have a quick one. Have a quick one. Yeah, make it quick though, love. Yeah, I'm about to die. Yeah. Um, so, th- yeah, thanks to Falsey for tipping us about that. And um, you Paul Taylor, yeah, yeah, he emailed us as well to uh, report... He, kn- he knows we're concerned about the capital, so yeah, very kind. It wouldn't be, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers to everybody in Forest Hill. And, yeah. And uh, uh, stay together. We will rebuild. We will. It's been a bad week for important buildings. Mm. In better news, did you know that South London has a winery? No. Nor did I. No. Uh, this is a, a, a. I wouldn't have thought it possible. A Brixton uh, couple, um, not a vineyard, mm, mm. just just a, just a, a, a winery where they make it. Uh, a Brixton couple um, have a arch in Battersea called Black Books Black Book Winery, mm. uh, and they take wine, grapes, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir from all over the south of England, uh, and make their own wine. Right there, um, and they are having a. Spring their spring release for the the this season's wine or last season's wine mm. last season's grapes this mm. season's wine it's a weird world oh. it's a weird world um, the spring release party at their arch in Battersea on April the twenty seventh right is I that think. is that open to the public is it open to the public yeah oh fantastic yeah, yeah. Oh, well be no no it's all made oh, right. no you've got no idea about viticulture. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd be uh, yeah, I'd be very interested to uh, to taste what Southeast England grapes. Southeast England wine ha- is getting a great rap. Yeah. Is it? The only thing that's slightly down about it, in my view, is the price. It's still oh, a bit it's pricey. Really, yeah. It's not made in huge batches. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, it, it gets very very good reviews. Um, so yeah, that would be uh, one to put in the diary. Again, we'll put the link in, shall we? Okay. Yeah. 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 What up? Um, a bridge too... Um, too too far. Bridge too far, yes. Hammersmith Bridge. Yes, that also developed cracks. I think everything's been developing cracks while you've been away. Yeah. Um, Hammersmith Bridge has been closed to motor traffic. Really? Get in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not closed to pedestrians. Really? Yeah, who are now uh, s- sitting around, lounging in flowery shirts, having picnics, setting up trellis tables, popping oh, corks. Lovely. Fantastic. So, absolutely yes. wonderful scene on yeah. Hammersmith Bridge. Close all the bridges. Yeah, well, another, another one's closed. Waterloo Bridge has been closed by climate protesters. Good. They've, well got, a, they've got a skate park and... Uh, trees. I heard they put trees there. They're having a sort of... <laughs> but it's like, it's like the garden bridge that um, yeah. you know, everybody uh, didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> come except, true. Apart from Boris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Joanna Lumley, I'm sure she'll be going down to Waterloo Bridge enjoying herself. I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure she's concerned about the environment too. With some fronds. <laughs> Um, yeah, so two, two bridges closed, uh, just another nine to go. <laughs> Have you heard of the word presenteeism? I haven't, no. Is it a real word? Yes. Uh, 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 it's where people uh, come to you with presents, mm. I thought, until I looked it up. <laughs> um, it's uh, a phenomenon at work where people, despite feeling under the weather, physically or mentally, feel on a bound due to peer pressure or corporate pressure to uh, attend work thereby making themselves iller and oh, sorry, I don't understand productivity <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm here today <laughs> good grief what is wrong with them well i mean uh, yeah you may like to apportion blame to the mentally ill i know but uh, <laughs> I, I like to think of it more as oh. a uh, <laughs> Uh, I think they could do with a clip round the ear. Uh, yes. Not the mentally ill. Well, once again, I, I would say uh, a different approach could be required to those <laughs> suffering from mental illness. Um, although, although I'd take your view on board. Um, yeah, uh, this is the health insurer Vitality found that more than 40% of employees said their work was being affected by health problems, a figure that's risen by over a third in the last five years. But they're still putting aside those mental and physical problems to attend work for god's sake i think ma ma you? mainly due to perhaps fears of poverty and uh you know peer pressure corporate pressure um rather get, than a desire to work you don't get poor on sick leave <laughs> well you don't get sick leave when you're on zero hours you see yes. what i mean yes yeah. yes i mean yeah there were two choices give them a clip around the ear or change society <laughs> Um, also, while you're away, Jesus, uh, I was only gone a week. I know, I know. It feels like ages. Please don't go again. <laughs> I miss you. Um, Clapham was renamed. Oh, yeah, really? What's it called now? Wankerville. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, the big railway bridge at Clapham North, mm. as you now come down towards Clapham, reads in quite sizable letters. Mm. Welcome to Wankerville. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other side reads, you are now leaving Wankerville. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's a little bit harsh. Yeah, a little but, bit harsh. Like, so many but, harsh things. But. Amusing. You said, didn't you? <laughs> I did live in, well, I li yes, I lived in Clapham North and Clapham, actually. And, and while I can attest to the fact that there are wankers there, by no means everyone there is a wanker. So that's why I say it's a little bit harsh. You know, if you're coming back from Clapham North and you turn left, you had a hard day's work, and you're just going home, and you have to go under bridges. It says, "Welcome to Wankerville." <laughs> it was a bit unfair. Uh, what, what next? Now, have we heard anything from uh, our commercial uh, director? We have, commercial yes, manager. That's right. Yeah, I was going to. He can't come on because he's uh, he's in the states, isn't he? Um, right. Uh, yeah, here he is. He's in Las Vegas, Pompey Dunk. Uh, he sent us a email reading lots of opportunities here probably need another couple of weeks to really seal some high value contracts for dreamer limited that's uh the name of deserter in the states right is it yeah deserter has um pejorative connotations oh they don't like it over there do they no it's it's a it's a compliment over here yeah absolutely yeah so it's called dreamer limited over there <laughs> weird isn't it anyway, probably probably need a couple of weeks to seal some really high value contracts for dreamer limited need to get back to florida keys for the regatta plus some high level business talks just need a little top up for the expense account nothing to worry about right i okay. thought that's nice isn't it yeah yeah so i've released 500 pounds from your account <laughs> <laughs> thanks pompey brilliant Maybe get get you back on uh, next month to hear how it's all going. Yeah. Um, finally, in the news section, uh, did you read that a bad diet is now worse for you than smoking? I did read that. Yes, I tweeted that actually. Yes, did I was, you? yes, I was. Um, yes, I was delighted to read that um, fags are good for you again. Oh, is that why you're back on them? <laughs> There's nothing I, I like more than a, uh, a stolen fag after a, a ponced fag after a kebab and chips. 
Um, yeah, so this is basically news that high blood pressure caused by diet kills more people now globally than fags. So uh, mm. it's not like it's become worse for you. It's just that more people are dying. You've ruined it now. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <a> terrible. <laughs> um, maybe this is a good segue into a lecture on health. <laughs> Good day, students. In a moment, I will hand over to Dulwich Raider for today's lecture on health. First, some housekeeping. I'm sorry to announce that the Oblomov Bar will be closed until further notice due to the extensive damage sustained during a violent altercation at last night's meeting of the Debating Society. Topic, car scale versus keg beer. The library bar, the gymnasium bar and the 24-hour chapel bar will be open as usual. And now, without further ado, the Dulwich Raider, MSC, ELO, RNLI. Thank you, Dean. Today, health. The health risks associated with working should, at this stage in your studies, be clear to all, which is why we advocate steering well clear of it. There is depression, of course, born of the terrible realisation that your life's work is a meaningless barter in which you give the best years of your life in exchange for permission to live. Then there is lack of sleep, Sleep deprivation leads to heart disease, diabetes, and worst of all, bags under your eyes. If we were meant to get up at 6am, we wouldn't need alarms, the noisy reminder that your life is broken. And finally, of course, there is stress, the sure sign that you are giving too much of a shit about something. An insidious and unwelcome intruder, stress gnaws away at your health and character, driving up your blood pressure, making you irritable, prone to illness and terrible company at parties. But there are also, I'm sorry to say, some health risks with a life of deserting. Chief amongst these are obesity and drug addiction. There are risks of weight gain on the deserter's horizon, largely because he or she is always available for a pint under the merest provocation. Not only is the deserter ever ready to spring into action for a lunchtime snifter, the subsequent lost afternoon can give rise to a fearful hangover and a redemptive full English in the morning. That adds up to a lot of calories, which over the years can lead to a less than athletic frame. However, it needn't be this way. There is a reason God put great distances between pubs. Take a good walk in between and give your liver a deserved break. Fresh air, exercise, contemplation, the bookies, it's all there for you. Obesity reduces life expectancy, and if there's anything the deserter enjoys, it's life. The next body mass classification down from obese is pre-obese, and it is to this grand title that we recommend the deserter aspires. If necessary, say it out loud to yourself, or write it on your bathroom mirror. I will be pre-obese. As we have seen in previous modules, drugs can be really, really nice. But as we say in the senior common room, they make good lovers, but poor masters. A bit like Professor South, or so he tells us. Drugs are temporary shortcuts to states we enjoy, and so are hugely tempting. But their temporiness must not be countered by constant topping up. Doing so simply reduces their effectiveness. Temporiness is intrinsic to the nature and enjoyment of drugs. Take them, enjoy them, put them away for another time, like box fresh trainers. What is it like to say no to a line of cocaine? Well, no one knows, but the mature deserter will be in control of the medicine, not the other way round. For if not, it is your free will that has deserted rather than being exercised. 
Next time, death and how to enjoy it. Books, 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 books. Letters. Letters. letters, letters, words, words. words. Reading. Reading. reading, sentences, paragraphs, words again, corners, corners. It's, it's book it's corner. corner. And so to this month's book corner, uh, mm. this month another cornerstone of uh, literature. Yeah. That you've chosen, um, A. A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh. That's right, yeah. Uh, an inane, pointless adventure of a group of friends who basically have nothing to do till Friday, <laughs> <laughs> who muck about seeking pleasure for its own sake. <laughs> Does it remind you of anyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, in my view, if you substitute the pursuit of beer for honey, it's basically us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have been stuck down a few rabbit holes as well, kind of. <laughs> On the way out. Um, it's a book I was, I, you know, it's one of those books that no one quite remembers when they're first introduced to. It's just mm. always there for you, isn't it? And uh, when, you go, when you go back to it, it all seems uh, strangely familiar. And really funny as well. Very funny, yeah. There's a lot, lot of like, play, playing around with English language and so yeah. on. Um, but I remember when we were discussing the illustrations for our book, Today South London, Tomorrow South London, the uh, Pooh illustrations mm. by Yates Shepherd came up, didn't they, when we were talking yeah. to Emily? Especially the map. In particular, of, uh, the map, that's right, the map at the front. We wanted the, a map to show where all these crazy events happened. And, yeah, and so in a way, where the heffalumps were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 100-acre wood became South London, didn't it? And it, yeah. was, it was a, mm. a key sort of uh, message to emily that's one of the things we'd like so uh, i think it was on our minds in, in a sense wasn't it mm. um yeah yeah so uh i i i, I um reread it recently i read it to my youngest i remember very well she was drawn in very early on with a delightful turn of phrase where it says once upon a time a very long time ago about last friday <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it begins you just say oh I, i'm in for an absolute treat here yeah and uh, it goes on, essentially, to be ten chapters on the human condition, in my <laughs> view. <laughs> in chapter two, uh, for example, Pooh goes visiting Rabbit. Mm. Uh, you may remember we're, we're warned of the dangers of gluttony. Yes. Just to fit in with the health theme of the episode. <laughs> um, Pooh is basically pre-obese. So uh, when he... <laughs> When he cleans rabbit out of all his honey, he's unable to get back out of the hole. Mm. He can't get out of the hole. So unable to get back out, rabbit informs him there is only one thing to be done. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. <laughs> <laughs> How long does getting thin take? Asks Pooh. About a week, says rabbit. <laughs> I think a lesson for us all. Yeah, yeah. says that my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> also... Um, just remembered actually what rap do you remember what rabbit does while, while he's waiting for poo to get thin yeah he asks me if he's all right to hang some towels on his legs <laughs> <laughs> he puts all the tea towels up on him um but yeah uh it's not just about messing about obviously we get a bit of history too as in uh, when we meet piglet i've got a bit of a, a short passage marked here somewhere Next to Piglet's house was a piece of broken board which had trespassers were on it. <laughs> trespassers W. When Christopher Robin asked the Piglet what it meant, he said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time. Christopher Robin said you couldn't be called trespassers were, and Piglet said yes you could because his grandfather was, and it was short for trespassers will, which was short for trespassers William. <laughs> And his grandfather had had two names in case he lost one. Trespassers, after an uncle, and <laughs> William, after trespassers. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there's a, an example of the particular English daftness of the language there. Mm, Wonderful. Mm. Another passage I enjoyed was Pooh's response to the terrible flood in uh, chapter nine, uh, when the rains came. Um, this is serious, said Pooh, as the, the waters were rising. Uh, uh, I must have an escape. So he took his largest pot of honey and escaped with it to a broad branch of his tree, 
well above the water and then he climbed down again and escaped with another pot and, <laughs> and when the whole escape was finished there was Pooh sitting on his branch dangling his legs and there beside him were ten pots of honey <laughs> two days later there was Pooh sitting on his branch dangling his legs and there beside him were four pots of honey <laughs> yeah it's a bit, it reminds us of, like, of us when there's a storm forecast mm. you know, we'd like to get somewhere with a nice view and have ten pots of something nice. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's possibly one of my favourite items on Book Corner so far. Why? It's the shortest book we've ever had. <laughs> Plus it's got pictures. It's even shorter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The pictures are great as well. Um, yeah, so that's uh, Winnie the Pooh. It's the first book in the uh, Winnie the Pooh series uh, by A.A. A. Milne. Well worth dusting off and rereading to your children, even if they are now 14. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's wasted on them, really. It's for us, isn't it? Mm. And now, social media scene. The scene. The social media scene. The one we don't have a jingle for. <laughs> Yet. Yet. You don't need a jingle for everything, remember? You don't need a jingle for everything. Um, You may have noticed that uh, Game of Thrones uh, started again. Have I? (laughs) Uh, On the social media scene, there have been a lot of people telling us that, uh, or asking actually, am I the only person who's never seen an episode of it? It, Yes, it brings a lot of people out of the woodwork, doesn't it? They they feel the need to tell us that they've never seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Shut up. Here's another one. (laughs) Um, Lisa Holdsworth tweeted, Today I will be carefully collating a full list of everyone who has never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. It is vital that this important and fascinating information is preserved for future generations, and I am grateful for everyone who has selflessly contributed so far. Yes. Lots of people didn't get that and added... I haven't watched it yet, (laughs) nor me. I've never watched it. Yeah, shut up and say something interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Tony J. Bob said, I started watching GOT and I found it tediously boring. <laughs> Red, Lat- Red Ladder Theatre said, I saw half of episode one and I thought I was watching a soft porn movie from the 70s, so switched <laughs> off. <laughs> and Charles Heslett said, Game of Drones more like. Never watched it, never will. That's I love, I love people who've never watched it and never will. Yeah. Oh, but also dear. have a strong opinion about yes. it. Yes, there's a lot about that about Fleabag as well. Yeah. Uh, people who've never watched it, and I never will. They were mm. all men. Yeah, I bet they were, yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed uh, Neil Gibbons on uh, Game of Thrones, who tweeted something along the lines of, um, Memento, but for people who, despite having watched every episode, can't remember any character's name. <laughs> yeah, I can only remember... Oh, what is it? Daenerys, stormborn of House Targaryen. First of her name, the Unburnt, Queen of the Andals and the First Men. Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons, Esquire's Sexiest Woman Alive 2015. <laughs> I can't believe she's had that added to the end of her title. But yeah. yeah, you would, wouldn't you? You would. Viewers of Have I Got News For You... Mm. The, the show that used to be funny in the 90s, but was, uh, <laughs> now you only watch as a last resort or because your partner's recorded it, um, were treated to an appearance uh, on Friday by everyone's favourite non-existent non-league team, Streatham <laughs> Rovers. Yeah. You, did you say you were, you, you were away? Uh, Everything uh, happens when Vinny's away. <laughs> Let's send him away. More I've often. seen the clip since, actually. Um, I wanted to see Janie Godley. <laughs> So uh, Streatham Rovers, they, uh, uh, they, they, they Streatham Rovers tweeted that they were furious with rivals Sydney United after the latter supplied a team sheet on which the first letter of the players' names spelled out S F R C R shit. We know this for a fact, tweeted the club, because Dame Francis, a striker, is wearing number three. We <laughs> hope the league committee throw the book at them for this. And uh, have I got news for you? As is there, won't reported this as genuine mm. news. Yes. A lot of people are like, don't, don't, don't they know it's fake? And yeah. um, 
I think the the true answer is they don't care. You know, as long as they get yeah. a laugh, they move on, don't they? Yeah. But, the thing that annoyed me about that though was that um, it appeared to be a section where uh, have I got news for you? Just reads out tweets for laughs instead of having their own content. Exactly. I mean, who would do such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, well done, Stratton Rovers. Uh, worth a follow for everyone uh, in South London or who likes football or both. Like us, maybe. Um, but there were, there were hundreds of responses from people who do think it's real on Twitter as well. So there's plenty of people who do. Yeah. Uh, Top-notch shithousery, said Dylan Nash. <laughs> Stretton Rover's reaction to it made me laugh so much, said Peter. Utterly brilliant. Some folks don't have a sense of humour, said Michael. Uh, Stretton Rover's response was to bar them all for life. <laughs> Sometimes posting up their photos as well. <laughs> Tremendous stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, finally, what what do you do when you want to get rid of a pair of shoes? Chuck them in a tree. <laughs> of course you do. That's, from your, that's because you're in South London. Forget the charity shop or the bin. The people of the old Kent Road tie them together and throw them up a tree in the carpet right car park. <laughs> It's become a sort of a place to visit now, hasn't it? Yes. Um, I really think it needs some reviews on Google. <laughs> um, and as this grows and grows, we, we implore you to send us uh, more pictures of this important work. Yeah. Why throw them out when you can adorn nature with it? Exactly. Improve nature, yeah. in a way. Make it special, yeah, if not it, weird. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, so I think that's all we've got time for today. Is it? Well, we've run out of booze. Ah, we better be off then. Although... I've got some shoes I want to throw to take to the park. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you're in, I like the event that you've enjoyed this podcast, <laughs> do leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, and if you didn't enjoy it, leave us a five-star review of our book. Today, South London. Tomorrow, South London. Yes. Now, did you hear Amazon have been flooded with fake five-star reviews? I did see that. Not, not for our book, I hasten to add. No, for headphones... And fitness trackers. What? Fuck that. Fuck please, off, Amble. Please do. Fuck off, Amble. <laughs> if you're going to give us a fake five-star review, do it for our book, described uh, as Bill Bryson on Ale and Speed by one uh, happy reader. And we promise to squander our success on booze, fags and buying stamps at the pub. Yeah, or the church. Yeah. Thanks to Deadly Heady for producing... Thanks to Corporate Deserter for very little, I think it's fair to say. Thanks to Ricane for coming. Yes. And au revoir, as they say in France. We're closed, as they say in Tenerife, although not very often. Mm-hmm.